Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And good Saturday to everybody. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It is Movie Saturday. We are out at the White Stallion Ranch here in uh, just north of Tucson, north and west of Tucson a little bit. Beautiful place. Uh, one of awesome our sponsors. Um, come on out and uh, have some fun out here because I know you you definitely will. Yeah. All right. Put uh, on your boots and your hat and come on th- down. There you go. Our guest for today is actor Bo Hopkins. You know him from The Wild Bunch, The Getaway, American Graffiti, The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing, The Killer Elite, Posse, Small Town in Texas, Midnight Express, More American Graffiti, and bunches of more pictures. I know him from a couple of those and from Don Portrait of a Teenage Runaway. Bo Hopkins, welcome to Voices of the West. Thank you. It's good to be here. We're happy to have you, sir. Good happy to have to you. Have you. Uh, Thank and, you. And uh, Todd, did you have something you wanted to throw in there first, or what? Well, yes. I just can't tell you what a thrill this is. Um, this is one of my favorite actors. Um, somebody that I have been glued to watching every time I see him, and that started with uh, his um, his performance in. Uh, the Wild Bunch, um, and honestly, even before The Wild Bunch was his performance in American Graffiti. I wasn't allowed to see The Wild Bunch when it came out. Uh, it was uh, as uh, I, there were a lot of films I wasn't allowed to see. Somehow, uh, American Graffiti I was allowed to see, and I saw it. And he was in it, and I thought he was fabulous in that. But then later, when I got to see The Wild Bunch in Uncut. And uh, you know, as it was meant to be seen in a revival theater, there he comes at you. And I had read reviews on it, and I remember somebody in one of the reviews writing that you literally can't take your eyes off him in the Wild Bunch. And I was like, you know, okay, that sounds a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see. And when I saw the film. It was exactly that way. You couldn't take your eyes off of him, and and for all your misgivings about his character, you felt bad for him. Yeah. When William Holden uh, uh, is riding next to uh, Edmund O'Brien after the bank job has been pulled and they've gotten away, and he says, um, "How did my boy Lee do?" And he said. Uh, 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 he said, how'd my sister's boy, Lee, do? And he said, well, uh, why didn't you tell me that he was family? He said, I wanted him to pull his weight. No, 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 you know, everybody has to pull their weight. And he goes, uh, he just, he did just fine. And we know that he did do fine, but he comes to a very bad, tragic end. And he's sacrificed. So yeah, exactly, sacrificed. Well, we, 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 which is a trait for the the whole film we have a but it's a real pleasure for you to have you on the show today yeah we'll have a we'll have a clip of uh of Bo from the wild bunch coming up with that line okay coming up at the bottom of the hour (laughs) (laughs) greenville south carolina native you are sir how how did it all happen for you getting uh, to hollywood where you are now well you know i started out in low theater in greenwood south carolina and uh um, 
I went from there. Donald McKellar, my little theater director, took me to Duke University. They were having tryouts for summer stock, and uh, everybody, I was number 317, I think. Anyway, everybody <laughs> else had done Shakespeare and Shakespeare, and I'm doing a scene from uh, um, Ronald Reagan's movie, uh where he stuttered. Uh, I'm trying to think of it now. But anyway, oh, um, picture. after good, watching good all them, but I got a scholarship to Danville, Kentucky. Eben uh, Henson uh, on the theater. So that that's where I got started. Was that Newt Rockney? Uh, was that Newt Rockney Donald part? Donald McKellar, my was that the Newt the Rockney theater part? director is responsible for a lot of that because I really didn't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know... Uh, things are put in your life without you even knowing it and so it was a uh, was this before or after you went into the army this is after yeah 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 i think well i, um, I want i just want to mention one thing because i think you know your service is is, is important and the fact that you were in the 101 uh, first airborne division uh that shows that you're no candy ass. No. No, I, <laughs> but, but I, I was in the 101st Airborne Infantry Division. Oh. And well, maybe you are a candy ass. No. <laughs> no, I'm not a candy ass, but yeah. I do have some sweet on me. The uh, <laughs> thing is that, um, that the captain wanted me to go to North Carolina. He even gave me his little guitar to learn to play, and uh, I was boxing at that time for, you know, my uh, company, and I won the first two fights, and uh, he really took a liking to me, and anyway, I was third fight, they, yeah, I was about six five and a half. I was hundred fifty four pounds. So <laughs> I got cream, but I, you know, fought back, and he liked that. So he wanted me to join the uh, going the uh, airborne. But I'll tell you what, the hundred first airborne infantry is one hell of a damn uh, test to go through. I can tell you that. Amen. Shooting live rounds over your head, and goddamn, yep. if you hiccup, you're gone. Yeah, I <laughs> so, uh, I, I did uh, service with 18th Airborne Corps at uh, Fort Bragg, and uh, yeah, uh, not assigned to 82nd, but worked with 82nd. So yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing was at that particular time, I wasn't uh, I I wasn't uh, afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. But later, when I was having to do my own, st- I did my own stunts and a lot of the TV shows and things. And then I, I got a, I, I was knocking uh, the stunt guys that get paid out of business, and I found that out, and so I quit doing my thing. And I had John White with me; he was with me 24 years, and he was from uh, Tucson. Mm-hmm. Squirrel. And uh, I, I was doing posse at that time, and John was with me the rest of rest of the time and he's been my best friend too he's down in uh, mexico now uh living on the ocean there and i talk to him every once in a while so but when you uh, when i was in service uh i was um 
I was tempted to go. Like I say, I wasn't that afraid of heights I did, uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess I went home for leaving. My grandma got on me about, you know, well, birds were meant to fly. Humans weren't. So, <laughs> it's it's not jumping out the problem. It's the landing is a problem. <laughs> yeah, and they always said, well, uh, you know, if a chute doesn't open when you land, just go get a new one. There you go. And, yeah, uh, bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... But I had a lot of friends uh, uh, that were in uh, uh, 101st, and then when I went to Korea in uh, 58, I had nine months to go in service, and uh, um, I had, uh, uh, well, I had a Jeep driver, and I had to go meet the trains and the planes that come in, and I didn't have to salute until after they gave me the uh, briefcase. So oh, I love that. Nice. <laughs> well, you were underage when you enlisted, weren't you? Yes, I had to go in when I was 16. But that was in uh, November, and then my birthday is February the 2nd, and my uncle was a district attorney. Um, he's the one that got me in. Uh, now, we went to the Marines, and they loved me. So they found out I had a record. Then I went to the Air Force, and the same thing. They loved me. They send me out. Same thing, you know, with the Navy. Uh, and finally, we went to the Army, and uh, and the guy said, "Well, no, no, that's not the right answer." You know, so I I got a lot of help. But I tell you, it changed my life. Oh, I, I, I was heading in the wrong direction because my dad died when I was nine years old, and I just never got over that. My mother and grandmother tried to raise me, and hell, I started rebelling real early and sent them through a lot. But thank God, before they died, I got to pay them back a lot. That's good. There you go. When I started working, you know, of course, my grandma wasn't a big fan of the Wild Bunch. She, <laughs> my mama told my mama told her it was a western, and uh, and she, and so she was like eighty-eight or eighty-nine, and she she turned to my mama and said, "Well, it ain't as good as Roy and Jean." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, she was, was a wise lady, your grandma. Yes, it was. She so, was. I, I tell you, she wrote four newspapers, and uh, you know. And one day I asked her, "So why do you read the obituaries?" She says, "Well, I got a lot of friends that I, I hope they're okay, but if they die, I want." Because she was a school teacher, and uh, she she went to Winthrop, head of her class. So she she was quite a character. That cast she reminded me of Granny and then Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> that cast in The Wild Bunch, one hell of a cast. Let me correct you on something, okay? Yes, sir. First of all, The Wild Bunch was my first movie. Okay. Second of all, in uh, 74, uh, 73s when I did Graffiti and it come out in 74. Mm-hmm. So Bill Holden got me in my second picture. He flew back and told David Wolper about me, and I got Bridget Remagen mm-hmm. because of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And halfway through the movie, the Russians invaded. So there's another story. And anyway, oh. he sent me a he sent me a telegram saying, "Don't worry, I got you a, a, a movie that I know you're liking, Bulgaria." <laughs> and um, 
hell, I wouldn't have taken the... <laughs> it was quite an experience, and um, Ben Gazzaro and George Siegel was in it, and and, um, and Matt Clark, who became my lifelong friend. Great and guy. great guy. So, I... Who you did Bonnie I, I Walsh was, with as well. That's right, yes, and Culpepper Cattle Company. Well, well, and the Cold Pepper Cattle Company with Billy Greenbush, who was also in. That's right. Money Walsh. That's right. Yes. Yes. Let, let me uh, ask you, Bo. Uh, I, you know, I read I read Hal's biography, which I really love, and he describes the convoy to the border. Were you part of that convoy? Yes, I was. That had mm-hmm. to be a wild trip. Tell, can you tell us a few goodies about that one? Well, um, Hal had just came over to do a stunt. I, I, I didn't get to meet him, but he fell off. He's one of the actors that fell off the bridge, you know, when the Germans were shooting. And we had a, the colonel there that was in the actual battle. So uh, the night that, uh, well, the day that we were shooting, we were, uh, Ben Gazzaro and I and George were putting dynamite underneath the bridge to blow it fate and anyway the first thing next morning we were going to be setting those off and uh, so that night uh, our early morning uh, we knew Duke Czech was had a great uh, country Czechoslovakia I mean they loved Americans and uh, John Kennedy was their hero and so was Bobby and in my first uh, two days of shooting on June 6th, uh, they said Kennedy, Kennedy, and we were all happy. We thought he won, but he got us when he got shot. So, my first hero in life, probably in politics, was John Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were getting ready to uh, shoot that about, I guess, 3.30 in the morning, the knock on my door, and, and uh, the, the, he said, um, don't panic, but come downstairs. The Russians have just invaded Czechoslovakia. <laughs> and we had been playing poker that night, and I said, if you're jacking me around, I'm going to whip your ass. So I went downstairs on an elevator that was very slow, went out the front, didn't see anything, but all of a sudden I heard a rumble, and up toward the the International Hotel, uh, three Russian tanks pulled up. So Mm -hmm. I just turned around, went back in and packed my bags, and we didn't get out till, you know, four days later. But uh, it was quite an experience, but I had this one guy, you know, an actor friend of mine that was in one of the guys, and he was a great big ex-Marine, and he said... uh, if they come through here and try to get me, I'm going to blast their ass. I said, well, fine, you you do that, but stand way over there and get away from me. <laughs> I also knew that they weren't going to drop a bomb because it was too close to Russia. Mm-hmm. So, but still, it was uh, Benghazar and I got drunk and went up on top of the International Hotel roof and tanks were parked down out in front and everything. We got oranges and pretend they was hand grenades, and we threw them <laughs> down at the tank. And Janice Rule, who just got there that day, you know, that they would come in, 
told Ben, you're going to get him shot. (laughs) So we had to go back downstairs. But hell, I was young and, you know, uh, Ben and I were great friends. He was a character and so was Siegel. It's fun working with both of them guys. Well, the, the cast of The Wild Bunch, it must have been really fun to work with that group of actors. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, they tested a bunch of people before I got there, and I met um, um, the stunt guy who helped write it, and um, and he told Peck and Paul about me, and, and I might have been tired of testing people, and he said, okay. But I got ready to go down, and my girlfriend at that time, uh, she was uh, from, uh, she was a, um, uh, uh, went to USC, but she was uh, born in Argentina, spoke four languages. Hell, I couldn't speak one. But uh, when I was there, and uh, and I met uh, uh, Peckinpah, because I had everybody reading around the table, and, and Warren Oates hadn't got there yet, and he wanted me to read his part, and I'm daydreaming that he might not show up, and I'll get his part. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and uh, I was doing Picnic at that time. I got the movie, and Bill Holden, I heard about it, and he played the part in the movie, and that's how we became great friends. Uh he got me in my second picture and another picture after that. And then uh, he took me to, uh, we went to Torreon and he bought Selma, my girlfriend, a honcho. And uh, we became great friends. And I mean, he was just my hero, really. Excellent. In fact, when his wife came down, you know, to visit and son, uh, I sat next to. I jumped in front of his son, sat next to Bill. So <laughs> I was, that's how jealous I was. <laughs> Pushed the kid down, yeah. That's cool. All right, we got to yeah, do our, we got to hang on, Bo. We got to do our first commercial break. We're talking with actor. So soon? Yes, it is. Time flies, man, when you're having fun, you know. Okay. We're, talking, yeah. we're talking with actor Bo Hopkins here on Movie Saturday with Amel Franzi's Voices of the West. We're live out at the White Stallion Ranch, and we'll be back with much more of our program right after these very important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. You're darn tootin'. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. I took my little girl to see a western show And soon the cowboy hero had her heart aglow I guess she fell in love with him for now it seems She tells me this is how she sees him in her dreams In his purple sage suit and his green cacti He rides a pink horse across the deep blue sky. He gallops his steed down the Milky Way. You don't have stuff like this anymore. That is great. I've never heard that before. That was both? That's Mighty Blue. Mighty Blue. Mighty Blue. Cowboy Dream. Is that the old Monty Blue, the the silent act? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, he was full-blooded in there. Yeah, yeah. We're back on Amol Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker DeFrance, Todd Roberts, our guest, actor Bo Hopkins uh, of The Wild Bunch and bunches of other movies. American stage screen and supermarket and openings. Open, yeah, indeed. American Graffiti. Uh, you got to be good friends. It's not a Western. I know it isn't, but you got to be good friends with uh, Ron Howard uh, during the shooting of that, right? I got to be good friends with Ronnie uh, because when I first started out, I did my first two uh, shows, you know, you could do uh, uh, for free and then you had to join the union. Yeah. And I did Rap Patrol and another one. And then on the third one was uh, the Andy Griffith show. And uh, I got to play uh, uh, Goober's helper at the uh, filling station. And so... Uh, that was when I got my uh, uh, Screen Actors Guild card. Mm-hmm. So George Lindsay at his golf tournament every year, I went down for about 17 years, and all my buddies would come over from Greenwood, South Carolina. And um, he said, oh, my God, here comes a bow in the wild bunch. <laughs> so it was... Uh, <laughs> 
It was, uh, uh, I did, you know, uh, Bonanza, and I did a Gunsmoke, and I did a uh, Wild Wild West, which I didn't think was a Western, but, you know. <laughs> Steam um, Yeah, and, uh, but, but, but I did those before I, I did uh, Judd for the Defense, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Susan Sullivan show uh, I forgot anyway I did a lot of um, um, miniseries guest starring before yeah. I, I got the wild bunch yeah. yeah did you did you I'm sure you did you knew Roy Sickner right oh god yeah he's yeah. the one that got me in the wild bunch because yeah, he was the he was the guy that wrote the original story there and he was one of the great stuntmen of that period as well he was absolutely was and a great guy he uh after I did my scene where I said, uh, how would you like to kiss my sister's black cat's ass? And I blast <laughs> these two guys out. Um, I got hit in the eye with a squib, well, on the edge of the eye with a squib that come out of a piece of wood. And uh, Peck and Paul already's hit. And, uh, of course, you get hit around the eye, you bleed like hell. And I, I thought my eye was put out. And uh, I'm because I had blood all there, I couldn't see. And, and uh, of course, I'm thinking, you know, how your mind goes. I'm going to be a white Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> and um, I told Sammy, you know, Sammy later became a good friend of mine. God blessed him. I loved him. And uh, yeah. I told him that story. He got a big kick out of that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, they... Uh, um, say I asked Sam was my eye and he said yeah yeah you just cut on the edge and we'll uh, we'll stop this and we'll, this will be the first thing we shoot in the morning I said no sir I said if we can I just soon finish it now because I was a nervous wreck I was squibbed up 28 <laughs> times and uh, so he said uh, are you sure I said yes sir and so he said what do you want to drink and I said anything and he got tequila I took two big swallows of that and we finished the scene and I got an ovation from the Mexican crew <laughs> and um, the car had backed up because the producer Phil Feldman and Peckinpah wanted me to come to dinner with them and as soon as I got in the cab and to drive back to where Dub Taylor and all the other, uh, other guys were staying I started crying and I couldn't stop I just couldn't stop hmm. and um uh, it was all the emotions that I had inside of me that I kept inside, and then when, you know, everybody liked what I did, I I, uh, I had that emotion come out. And in fact, Lee Marvin told me, he said, well, you were pent up, and, uh, and so when you were by yourself, you just let it all out, and that's true. And uh, he was one of my dear friends, too, Lee Marvin, so, God, I've been so lucky to work some of the greatest yeah. actors ever, because... Bill Holden was, uh, said, told me, he said, look, he says, you're coming along at the end of an era, and um, it's going to be a different ball game. Yeah. And Robert Ryan did my first interview uh, with Abe Greenfield, who I didn't, you know, he asked me that you wanted to talk to me, and, and uh, Robert Ryan uh, said, he's just going to interview you. I said, well, I don't know what to say. And so Robert Ryan did my interview, and there was a whole column 
Mm. Uh, he was telling about me uh, in uh, the uh, North Hollywood, <laughs> a Greenfield section. So I was just uh, spoiled after that movie. <laughs> God Almighty, I worked with all my friends. I worked with later Ben Johnson, Dub Taylor, Struther Martin, mm. L.Q. Jones. I mean, they were all my friends. Mm. And uh, most of the stunt guys, because they would teach me how to throw a punch. Because I would ask, you know, I, I I knew I'm probably throwing a lot of them later. You hope, and uh, they taught me how to uh, how to you know uh, how to need them, and and I mean um, um, the uh, brothers that were there, the guy that went through the horse and uh, broke the glass. Um, uh, the Joe brothers? and, and uh, his brother Canute. They were the Canote brothers, and um, I just got to work. God, it was just, uh, uh, you know, half the damn people in Hollywood would have wanted to play my little part, you know. <laughs> I was a nervous wreck, and I played him that way, you know. Uh, Can I kill him now? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so, so, anyway, Bo, I have big... to ask you, when you're shooting the scene, uh, with Holden and Peckinpah's there, and he says, uh, uh, um, Holden says, if they move, kill him. Had had that already gone around the set that that was really that came out of uh, um, uh, Sam Peckinpah's contempt for actors who moved when they shouldn't have moved because that's <laughs> no. the title of a book. No, on no, him. no. That's bullshit. Sam loved actors. He he. Uh, well, there might be a nobody nobody on a uh, on a set. He said one time we were all sitting around a table when I was doing Killer Elite, and Jimmy Conn and you know Burt Young, everybody and all the cast and crew were around this table, and he said, "I want you to before we start look around the room." And the uh, person next to you, because on on every movie I've ever been in, there's always one asshole. <laughs> so uh, we all looking at each other, hoping it ain't me. <laughs> but he he's, he was right just about, because uh, I've done a lot of them, and there's always one asshole. Uh, it's either an actor, a producer, or a director. So how was it working with uh, Jerry Reed? I had a good time. Um, um, he had called like me that. and asked me, well, we don't when you get us right next to each other. But yeah, yeah. Because he was from Georgia and I was originally from South Carolina. And, uh, of course, I can talk without the accent when I have to. <laughs> and if you pay me enough, well, I can Dennis do it Dynasty all, here? all time. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. Jerry flew out here to see me, and, and he had a script that he wanted me to play his brother. And um, so I read it, and, and um, they were going to shoot it in um, in um, in Nashville. And I knew all my buddies could drive up from South Carolina. Seven of us that grew up together, and four of us gone now. So anyway it was fun uh he put them in a scene where they throwing pies and everything they got a big <laughs> kick out of telling everybody they was starring in a movie <laughs> so, so they it was uh fun working with him he's a it was a good guy yeah very talented 
Yeah. And a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with him. We played, uh, you know, uh, fast golf and, and, uh, his wife and, and Prissy, they couldn't have been nicer to me. And so I'll, I'll always remember him for that. Great music, too. Hey, you know, I've got a question for you. Because, you know, we worked together on a couple of shows, but there was a fellow down here, cowboy down here, and you used to, I knew him as a good friend of mine, but you told a story about him that I thought was great. I don't know if you still remember or not. Stacy Newton? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was on, uh, he was in uh, at a little part in Posse and. Getaway. And, uh, the Getaway, yeah. And, uh, uh, yes, I do remember him, uh huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know, I was just going to say, you know, because working with you on the man who loved cat dancing, and uh, I can't remember what the other one was now, but uh, you know, I was, I was, because I, I was kind of the fly on the wall every job I ever did, and I just because I'd watch and listen and try to learn, and and just people fascinated me, and so he was one of the one of the guinea pigs that I watched, because I was doubling mm. Jack Warden on that, and. I was impressed with you so much at that time because you were such a gentleman. You were, you know, you were on time, online, and you know, and that, and you had, you had a, well, probably, I think, in a lot of ways, the most difficult part in the picture, uh, in that, you know, your character is, he's not a bad guy, he's not a good guy, and he's just kind of a victim. But I really yeah, liked your work yeah. in that show. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, uh, Bert and I did White Lightnings when I first met him, and we became great friends. And um, so uh, it was fun to work with him again because he was going with Dinah Shore, and she would cook homemade chicken and, you know, southern meals. God almighty, I'll tell you. It's <laughs> yeah. a hell of a cook, yeah. <laughs> we, we ate good, I'll tell you. And... Uh, <laughs> Sarah Miles and I were great friends, you know. Uh, we, uh, my mother died on that picture, and uh, I had to film three or four days, uh, three days uh, for them so they would stay caught up. Hmm. But as soon as they backed the car up and all the crew started coming up and hugging me, I, I just broke down. And my mother and grandmother went through a lot of a lot of pain with me growing up because my dad died when I was nine. In fact, I'm writing a book about my life now that this lady's going to do. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was in uh, orphanages and form schools because they, they couldn't control me. I was just run away. Uh, I just never got He was 39 years old when he died, and I, I, I just never got over it. And maybe that was... Uh, uh, things happen in your life that... Yeah. that um, you don't understand at that time, right. but um, I think everybody uh, born is going to go through some great uh, yeah. valleys and some deadly valley, valleys in life, and nine, you, you're nine years old, you can't understand all that. That's all what right. makes a man out of there you, though, go. eventually. Well, all right. well, eventually, yeah. I think the service did that because I never yeah. wanted to end up in that damn stockade, so yeah. I kind of straightened my ass up a <laughs> yep. little it when does, I saw them picking it, up paper. Yep. You know, it does that, to, does that to a lot of people, the military does. Uh, we're uh, talking with actor Bo Hopkins here on Amo Francie's Voices of the West. we got to do another commercial break here. 
Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, Bunker the France, and Harry Alexander here in Tucson. We'll be back with much more after this. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Feathers flew like a turkey. Well, they shouldn't have run. They shouldn't have run. Zing! Well, how'd you like to kiss my sister's black cat's ass? This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Amal Franzi's The Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest, actor Bo Hopkins, who was the guy who just uttered that uh, classic line. <laughs> classic line from the Wild Bunch. Hey, Bo, back in 1962, you and Lee Majors did a play back in Danville, Kentucky. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I got a scholarship in Danville, Kentucky. And um, I was, uh, uh, they had a uh, co-ed thing where the, the girls stayed on one side of these cabins that they had, that he had there at the playhouse, and and then the boys stayed on the other side, and, and of course, we went to classes uh, uh, most of the time, but at night, when they would put on the plays, we would be in, help them make up, or the light guy, or whatever, and... Uh, and then uh, this uh, guy from New York had written a play called Leaky Roof Circuit. And um, he uh, invited uh, me to be in his... Uh, he saw me in a scene from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and he told Lebanon Ensign about me. And 
Henson said, no, we've never had an actor come out of school and put on stage because most of the actors down here get paid from New York. And uh, and uh, the guy insisted that he wanted me for the play. So that afternoon, uh, he said, Bo, uh, well, my name was Billy at that time. Um, he said, uh, report to rehearsals at 5 uh, and Mr. Arbach wants you in his uh, in his play, and I've never done that, but I'm proud that uh, that he asked, you know, for you. I said, well, you know, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> so anyway, he talked me into it, and um, and of course uh, I I played sort of a Jerry Lewis clumsy type. Um, uh, I dropped a man's uh, remains that was in a jar on the floor, and I had to <laughs> I had a, a go get a vacuum cleaner, and I brought it back <laughs> on stage, and and uh, I cut it on, and then the damn thing blew up my face, <laughs> and uh, now I got a whole hold of vacuum cleaner, and I took it off stage, and um, I got a standing ovation because I knew that happened. So that was my first uh, standing ovation. And Lee Majors uh, came down. His, na- his name was Harvey Yeary at that time, and he he uh, was from Louisville and played football. And so I threw the ball with him, and uh, and um, he um, uh, was Brock Hudson, I think, had brought him down. Gone down the same state away, and then he got Lee, Cole Evan Henson, got him uh, uh, Harvey into the Pioneer Playhouse, and he had a uh, uh, like one line, and he's leading his horse across the back of the stage, and um, I uh, uh, looked, and of course the horse started pooping on his line, oh, and. Even the audience laughed, and so, so that was my first. Rem- and he and I became friends there. And I went to New York, and he came out to Hollywood. And uh, so, by the time I got to Hollywood, uh, you know, he was. Uh, I was parking cars at the uh, Continental Hotel where Bill Holden stayed, and Audie Murphy always stayed. And, Audie Murphy would always give me $3, two for me to keep and one to turn in because, you know, I became friends with him. He was just a great, great guy. guy. And um, so um, Lee Majors would just started the Big Valley and, and the limo pulled in and um, who I worked with later uh, um, in Dynasty. Uh, she got out on one side. And uh, Lee got out on the other. It said Harvey. And so I looked, and I said, Harvey? And he said, Billy? And I said, no, it's uh, it's Bo now. He said, oh, that's funny. My name's Lee now. (laughs) We changed the names. But that was... uh, 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 Linda Evans was the girl. God Mm -hmm. bless her. I didn't mean to forget her name. God damn, it's hard to remember now. <laughs> remember our own name. Yeah, right. I know. I got, a, I got something I want to share with you here, Bo. This is from a, a friend of the show, and we've had him on uh, numerous times as well. He's a member of Western Writers of America. He's an author, John Buzzard. And he says uh, it was 
quite an honor to meet Bo at the Marty Wall screening at the Loft Theater a few years back. Naturally, I mentioned The Wild Bunch, which is the movie that inspired me to be a Western writer. However, I forgot to tell him that when I was in the Navy, the night before we port-called in Izmir, Turkey, the captain required us to watch Midnight Express, and there went my <laughs> dreams of being a hash smuggler. <laughs> yeah, God, I tell you. I uh, I we shot that in you know in uh, in uh, uh, Portugal uh, some of it and then we shot most of it in and you know in, in um, uh, island right off of Italy mm -hmm. uh, San God Marcus I keep wanting to say but anyway um, it was uh, in World War II it was a big uh, base for the American pilots mm -hmm. Malta 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 mm -hmm. yeah. that was it and um, so I was uh, uh, I, I, I was really uh, in that movie I played uh, you know the guy that was CIA director but I had to learn Turkish, uh, so I said, "God dang, this is a t this ain't Spanish or nothing." And so I'm, I was supposed to be sitting there talking to this guy from Turkey, and Billy Hayes is sitting over on the other side, and he would say, "Butuk mantak," you know. And of course, I knew it back then, and and um, he would say, "What did he say?" He said that uh, if you tell him where all the drugs are, that you know, he will give you a break. And um, actually, he was lying about it. But uh, when we had the scene where he got out the car and got lost in the crowd, and, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, he runs through all these different places, and he goes up the stairs. I don't think I can say the word uh, on here, but anyway. You can come close. I can come close, and you know what I'm saying. He uh, he was he was looking around, thought he got away, and he bumped into a gun. And I said, I like you, Billy, but if you move, I'll blow your head off. Ends in ING. So I'm in a bathroom in Dallas changing planes to go to South Carolina. And you got to remember that my real name is William Malden Hopkins, which is Billy, I was always called growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, some guy kind of, two stalls down turns around, looks at me, he says, I like you, Billy, but if you move, I'll blow your head off. <laughs> and uh, I'd forgotten that. I, I said, what did you say? And he said, no, no, man, American Express, I mean, Midnight Express, Midnight Express. <laughs> so I got a big, yeah, yeah, I got a big kick out of that. That's Goddamn funny. people, and a lot of people still say, hey, how would you like to kiss my sister, black cats? So I've had some great lines, and um, I actually had lived in a wild bunch, and I said, feather flew like a turkey, because he wanted me to say something, and yeah. And that's what I said. So it was, uh, I've had to say a good many lines. Yeah. And, uh, Looking at all um, your work is a I'll billion. be out in a minute. I'm on radio. I tell that you, was my I... son, Matthew. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, I've really had some great lines and 
all the movies in the, and if I, I've had to ad lib a lot, but that's okay. I just stayed in the character. That's mm-hmm. what you have to do. Yeah, I got a question. Oh, well, I you. have to ask you a question. Go ahead. Uh, if you would tell us anything you remember, if you want to, if you choose to, about uh, Day of the Locust with uh, Karen Black and William Atherton. Oh God! Uh, yeah, that classic, was. Uh, but it's really gone yeah. way under the radar. Almost well, forgotten. yeah, I, um, uh, Gower Champion and his wife uh, had what was her name? Uh, uh, great dancer. Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, was teaching Marge. me they and, and the um, my dad and, uh, a bank shot. Uh huh. They directed a yeah. film for my dad called The Bank Shot, George C. Scott. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, Marge the and thing Gower was, we had to. I went in and, um, uh, you know, met Schlesinger, and um, uh, he he got me and and um, uh, the other actor, my friend. I'm trying to think of his name. I'll do it in a minute. But he um, he he liked us. Now I, at that time I was six feet tall, and he wanted me to put lifts in my boots. So I never worked with lifts. Uh, I didn't know, uh, you know. My God, I, I walked to the bathroom and I looked bow-legged as hell. And, uh, and on that movie, you know, the <laughs> three or four people fo- followed me in, and and uh, I tried to walk out straight, but them damn lifts made me bow-legged. So. <laughs> I guess they figured, uh, you know, I, I was trying to get another part <laughs> or whatever hey, we got, uh, we in gotta, a movie. we got to do our final commercial break here, so we're going to do that. Yeah. This is Emil Francis, the Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker DeFrance and Todd Roberts. Our guest is actor Bo Hopkins, and we're having a ball talking to him. We'll be right back. The land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do.
702-777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. You know, that is perfect dancing music. It I is. I just feel like dancing when I hear it. It is. I mean, uh, we, Bunker and I break out into... Uh, a little jiggy. Uh, <laughs> hey, Bo. We talk... Uh, let me reset. Oh, okay. Samuel Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander and Todd Roberts and uh, Bunker de France, and uh, we're talking with actor Bo Hopkins. Go ahead. Bo, I've got an observation for you. I've noticed you probably played more sheriffs than anybody on earth in television, movies, and whatnot. Think about this. If you had taken every one of your sheriff costumes home, you would have to build an extra closet. Well, you know, the when I went back to Greenwood, there were uh, where shows 15 miles away where I lived with my grandma and my mother. Uh, uh, the uh, sheriff there... Uh, they used to have to lock me up and so <laughs> it's funny that uh, you know I played uh, with so many sheriffs because uh, hell I had them all chasing me when I was a kid so uh, you were, you it know, worked out well typecasting you know, just from the other side let's talk about what you're doing now uh, you've just yeah. completed a film a Ron Howard film Hillbilly Elegy Talk, tell us about yeah. that well, it's a true story. Uh, 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 Twelve, fourteen years ago, the guy, this guy, uh, based on a true story about he came from um, Ozark family that were, you know, uh, alcoholics, and 
you name it. And uh, and uh, I played uh, Amy Adams uh, played my uh, daughter and and um, um, uh, wait a minute and then we'll come through. But uh, Papa Vance. No. Um, um, Damn it, I just talked to her. She's one of my good friends. So. Oh, uh, Amy Adams? Glenn Amy Close? Amy Adams played my daughter. Yeah, Glenn, and, Co- uh, Glenn Close? Close? Glenn Close played my uh, wife, yes. And, uh, what a great actress. God, that was a great thrill uh, to work with them. And Ronnie Howard directed. He asked me to come in. And I sort of semi-retired, but, you know, I'd do anything for Ronnie because when... I did the Andy Griffin show. We became great friends with his mom and dad. And I used to play ball with him. He had a glove, you know, he was a little guy. And mm-hmm. so then we ended up doing graffiti together. And we became great friends. His mother and dad were great friends of mine and Clint. And um, so that's a, a, a story that when I'm... I'm Gonna be having a meeting on writing a book with this lady. That uh, she's getting people together, and uh, I'm gonna do my life story. And uh, I usually tell people, well, it's just one page. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's gonna be. I, I'm doing it for two reasons. One is. Um, is uh, because there might be a kid out there that going through the crap I went through. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's life. You know, I look exactly. at it now and I can say that. Yep. But when you're a kid, you don't understand none of that. And mm-hmm. so I've been uh, I've been doing uh, uh, that, and also um, I'm um, um, you know. I could. Everybody can use money, and I could too. So I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, 1995, you were got the Golden Boot Award, and you know, for the people that love westerns, that is about as high an award as you can get, and I think you more than deserved it. Uh, I knew Pat real well, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah thank was, you. That was just yeah. I think it's just cool. It's kind of like to me that would have been the topper of a career. Well, it was a uh, it was a great uh, night, and and uh, it was a great thrill because uh, I think that's a Cowboys Oscar uh, yes. winning uh, one of those, and, I, and you put me up there with uh, you know the uh, great actors uh, before me uh, that got one. Uh, it, it's uh, it was a real honor, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, the only uh, my, thing better my than good that friend uh, Ernest Borgain yep. was in the audience, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was uh, my friend until he died. God bless him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Morgan Woodward, another great oh, friend of mine, yeah. passed well, away. He was, yeah, yeah he, he was just the greatest guy. We were great friends, and I've been so lucky that as an actor, you know, I've, I've worked with great people. Everybody. And I think that makes you better as an actor when mm-hmm. you do that. And I've been blessed to work with some great people. Bo Hopkins, thank and you. And directors. 
thank you so much for joining us. We're plumb out we of over? time here. We're plumb out of time. Oh, you, man, you get you, you got to come back and tell us some more stories, if, so if you will, sir. So cool. We, I will do that. We, thank you for having me, and uh, say hello to all my fans. All right, we sure appreciate that. Hello, fans. <laughs> and that's okay. it for this edition of Amel Franzi's Voices of the West. Next week, it's uh, the 4th of July weekend. We're yeah. going to be talking with Roger and Geneva Eads. That's True great Patriots. Show. You won't want to miss that. Todd Roberts, thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, gentlemen. Bo, what a pleasure. A All real right. thrill to All right. And that's thank it you. for this edition of Amal Franzi's Voice of the, of, of the West. I used to make a living with this mouth, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Arizona, the land of... Oh, and they even threw the wrong one in there. <laughs> Yep. All right. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 